comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland the... Intervention right, Enforcement yeah. Logistics Division. God, you need a new name for that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. So based on the, this week's episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., does this mean that Marvel owns the rights to Alpha Flight? I don't get it. Did you not catch the Department H reference? No, I missed it. What was that? The, uh, it, they were talking, and they said something that, that basically... I, I, I don't even remember the exact conversation because I heard Department H, and my brain just like went afire. But they were talking about various... Uh, Oh, it was when they were talking about the the, the different gifted people when they were looking for uh, clairvoyance oh, and things like that. Okay, and they sure. said something about the Canadians Department H, and I was like, "No, they didn't." <laughs> I was like, "That's cool." I I don't even know that. Like, I don't have any yeah. Alpha Flight background at all, besides knowing that there's a, a puck <laughs> and a uh, <laughs> there's Sasquatch of some there, kind there or is. A Yeti. There is. And a and a Wolverine, I think. Yes. Um, at, I, at I if if I was a f- more in tune with that, yeah, I would have picked it up because it was definitely you're right on. But no, I didn't. I didn't catch it. But that's cool. I'm all for all of that stuff. More Marvel in Marvel Agents of Shield. Yes, but we're not here to talk about yeah. Department H or Alpha Flight or X Men: Days of Future Past as much as I would. I would enjoy talking about that. Uh, we're here to talk about Marvel's Agents of Shield. Episode titled "End of the Beginning," and uh, Ken, you weren't as you were saying before we recorded. You weren't too far off from last week saying uh, it hits the fan. No, no, everything everything came to a head right from the beginning with uh, one of the poor green screen effects I've seen, and uh, the entire supporting cast of the show all in one on one plane. Yeah. Uh, overall, I think I, I continue to say the tr- it's trending up. Um, it it week by week it seems to get better and better. Um, and it and it definitely seems like they're starting to amp up the tension and they're headed towards something big. Like up until this point, I think we've kind of known that there's more. You know, again, it's all connected and this whole uprising and there's things going on. But up and up until this week, it really didn't feel like there was they were headed towards something that was going to cause either a huge rift or some big blow up. Uh, and I think after this week, we're we're definitely headed in that direction. Yeah, and I've I've really enjoyed the uh, the promos that ABC they've been pushing the Deathlock versus Shield angle. Yeah, um, and that's really cool. You know, it's given us a little bit of a future glimpse. I mean, I don't think it went too far ahead to his look, but it did give us like the X-ray version of his uh, like skeleton and everything uh, ahead of the actual episode. 
but um, but it's pretty cool. I like Deathlock. It it's works for me. It kind of gave us that yeah. tease. So if we, you know, if they never actually show Peterson deteriorate into that actual version, just seeing that X-ray version like we did, you know, in the promo and in the episode, it was it was a real you know, tip of the hat and nod to, to the fact, because it looked like comic book Deathlock. I mean, when they showed that version, I mean, the eye, the metal, the the kind of wrinkly, you know, skin underward, under, underneath that was kind of supposed to be his musculature or whatever. Uh, so I, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, it wasn't really what I expecting. We did talk about it when, um, I think with Trax was the uh, the leg, the the end or beginning of his enhancements, we all agreed, yeah, it was just the beginning. But wow, he's had a lot more work to him was was done to him over the years. And I'm wondering he got, when he got that that package dropped, if that's basically how it's been to doing it. Uh, all to say, it all, it all happened off camera. All of his enhancements, his upgrades, seem to happen um, off camera. And they've done a lot of that with the show to help keep things moving, doing things off camera, you know, referring to it, which which I'm fine with because. We don't need to waste a lot of time with uh, filler episodes showing, oh, he got another piece, uh, or oh, hey, you know, Sky's taking another test. We don't, we don't need any of that. Just let's keep the story moving forward. Which, you know, it's frustrating because some people are like saying, oh, the show's moving too slow, and then we actually, you know, skip a few beats and it's like, well, wait, when did that happen? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating at times. But I've been really enjoying it, and this was a great episode leading into Captain America, leading into you know the the third act of this of this season. I agree about Sky becoming an agent, you know, off camera, or I should say she, she became an agent on camera, but she qualified to become an agent off camera. Uh, that's totally fine, and it gets her out of the sort of outsider, I'm only here to find out about my parents. Like, it officially gets her out of that phase and a member of the team. Right. I like the way they, they handle it, too, with... Uh... And Victoria Hand knew who Colson was talking about, and he was like, you know, well, whoever this person is would need to be an agent. Yeah, glad you brought that up. And, um, you know, because Hand clearly wasn't a fan of the idea. Right. And then she basically said, level one, bitch. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like old home week, too. It was nice to see Victoria Hand. It was nice to see uh, Agent Sitwell. I really like when Max Hernandez shows up as Sitwell. I just, I really like uh, his character. Um, we got to see, of course, uh, uh, Titus Welliver's uh, Agent Blake, which I thought he was actually added a, a lot of, you know, I think in the past he's kind of been portrayed as, a, as really straight-laced. Uh, and so it was really kind of funny to see him kind of uh, sleazy, you know, a little bit. He was he was totally hitting on, Hit on yeah, May. Yeah. yeah. I got a kick out of that. I thought that was that was just well, well done. Um, and, of course, we get Garrett and Triplett back, which... Uh, which, which I, I just, again, Paxton, I really hope those two become not just, like, recurring for this season. I hope they're long-term recurring characters on the show that we see maybe, you know, ten episodes a season or, or, you know, eight episodes a season or something like that. And they don't just show up for, you know, two, three here and two, three there. Uh, because I think they add a really good dynamic to this show. I mean, especially, uh, you know, Garrett is kind of the weather-worn agent you know kind of a, a, a little more hands-on than than colson is you know colson's trying to i mean a he's got his own agendas he's trying to be more of a leader and you know more of the straight man and and garrett obviously is a much more physical uh physical kind of guy yeah he's where ward you know could very well end up you know that's that's that path you know the operative the hands-on the in the field 
um, you know, should he live long enough, you know, that, that could be Ward's future. Did you guys think there was anything to Garrett showing off his uh, severe burns? Yep. Yeah. I, I, it made me start to wonder if maybe he's had a little work done. Yep, I think I think that's part of it. Um, I'm still not 100% sure he hasn't already been compromised. Or if, um, not to go too spoilery because I don't think this is, but you know, considering where, they, where Coulson ended up thinking the clairvoyant actually is, if, if he's not, in fact, the leak or a part of it. And I think in a spoiler section... Uh, a few episodes ago when we had heard that Paxson would be on the show, uh, we mentioned the uh, the origin or the status of his character in the comic books, which maybe we'll save for another spoiler yeah, yeah. section, just in case that is yep. actually what it is. Yeah, I don't think it, but going back to your question about the burns, I don't think anything happens on, on this show without a reason. So if he was talking about his injuries, that's going to come back uh, and be significant later. Yeah. I mean, it didn't seem forced, but it was kind of a head scratcher when it happened. Like why, you know, why was that necessary in the conversation that they were having? So, well, I mean, you can simply chalk it up to jaws, you know, comparing scars. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but, but, but still, I mean, he was definitely trying to gain Sky's trust. Um, you know, even that whole last thing, you know, don't call me sir. I'm an agent of shield just like you trying to appeal to her. Uh... It, it almost seemed, and we talked about this last week, uh, Ken, when we read Jordan's email, our, our fellow podcast brother, Jordan, Mr. Jordan uh, Gilbert, um, and that he's kind of all in or his his premise was kind of all in on Garrett being compromised or working with the clairvoyant. And it wasn't something I really subscribed to at the time but after after that exchange he seemed almost a little like he was trying too hard to butter up the sky and not in a like i'm hitting on you kind of way like i didn't get it as as he was like he's trying to recruit her yeah almost like yeah he's trying to get an in with her and try and you know uh, uh you know get closer to her as as a peer yep. and not as a you know as a romantic interest and it just seemed like it was a little forced um and on his part and and I think that I, I'm beginning to wonder if that was intentional and not just you know maybe clunky writing. I I don't think it I don't think it was clunky writing. I'm leaning more towards there's there's some intent there for some reason. I'll buy that. So what did you guys think of the overall plan that Coulson had, where you know they kind of went up? It. Let me back up a little bit. So. They've, they come across Peterson that, you know, they make a point of saying they call him Deathlock. They kind of come in contact with him at several, at, at a couple points. And it almost seems like he's there to be a nuisance. Like he's, he's kind of in and out, you know, he's, he's, you know, causing trouble. He's, um, you know, attacking them, but not going over the top to be lethal. Almost like if he wanted to, he could have wiped out everybody that he came in contact with, but it was more that, it just seemed a little clunky, and at first it really bothered me. You know, again, it just seemed like something's off here. Like, he's acting a little stiff. He's not, like, something's wrong. And then as the episode goes by, it definitely seemed more intentional. Um, and and in retrospect, it, it based on where we're at at the ending, it just seemed like it's, it's again, to add to this whole we're creating chaos, we're, 
you know, causing people to question loyalties and all that kind of stuff. And that's that was his purpose, not to, you know, flat out stop anybody from doing anything or to kill anybody. And I, I'm curious what you guys thought about their exchanges with Deathlock in, in the episode. Yeah, I, I took it um, at first the same way. Like, you know, that, that first opening scene when um, they 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 basically put everything they had on him and he, he wouldn't it wouldn't stop him and so he but he retreated I, I thought that was odd because you know clearly he survived that now maybe he took some damage or he knew where he was at and he knew that if he pers- continued they would disable him so he got out of there but it still seemed like no he should have been able to take these guys um but yeah then in the more as it played out even before we got to the uh, uh the racetrack was it that he was actually baiting them and leading them on a on a on a, on a chase, or, or or just basically trying to keep them interested enough to say, yeah, you're on the right track, uh, and ultimately leading him to the, well, I'll say to the clairvoyant or to Nash at least, um, uh, intentionally. You know, he actually got him as far as he needed to, and then he ducked down the sewers and got out of there. So he's still at large, but yeah I, it was odd at first, but it became clear more and on more more and more that he was definitely just simply baiting them right. I just took it that his you know specific mission was to occupy them. you know he gets those very specific messages that he has to follow um it wasn't to kill them. What'd you guys think of the of uh Fitz's new version of the the seven dwarfs? They're cool, nice upgrade, and I kind of like all that. We've seen all this tech. I mean, a lot of this tech was was literally brand new, um, state of the art prototypes. But he's he's refined them all. Uh, but yeah, I like I like some of the new, the new stuff he's done with them. Uh, these were a little little a uh, little faster, more maneuverable, and um, certainly more capable. Did they specifically say that they were upgrades, or could this? Have, I, I mean, I guess it's the same tech, basically. Like I didn't even think of them as the seven dwarfs. So like, did I miss the line, or did we just assume that? No, I think we're just assuming it's right. it's the next version you. of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, we just assumed it. Actually, they're called. Uh, they have a name. Like the icers, it has a it has a name now. Yes, it's uh, the retrievers. Retrievers. Yes, it's like R T R V R's or something like that. It was uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. And again, it kind of shows. It definitely shows that. I don't know if they're just like saving the budget for the for this these final set of episodes or whatever, but they've definitely amped up the budget between the explosions and the CG, and then you know instead of using just little things that fly around, they're you know these kind of glowy globe looking things. Um, yet, yet they can't do a good green screen to save their life. Yeah, yeah, and I I think unfortunately I think that's just TV. That's, that's just the way it is. <laughs> I don't know that 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 um. When they were walking onto the the hell carrier or uh, onto the the bus from the the aircraft carrier, that just it, it it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was that was an interesting way, I guess, to you know save a little money and just you know take some stock aircraft carrier footage instead of you know trying to recreate a actual shield helicarrier. Um, yeah, that that carrier's still in dry dock right now. That's that's not even at sea yet. <laughs> I wonder what the limitations are going to be for uh, for Deathlock. You know, like if this is the final version, because that's all they're going to be able to pull off every week, or if we're going to continue to get you know more cyborg 
I, I think we, you know, the version that we know pretty much has like half a metal head. You know, it's kind of like the Terminator when he gets half his face blown off. Right. I think the scars are going to be the metaphor, the, the the TV version of that. I don't know if they're going to cover it up. I mean, they gave us a little peek of what it will be like when the flesh gets blasted off his head. Yeah, maybe that's where it's going to go. Yeah, because he got the shot and there's a, the, the metal plate underneath there. And even Peterson looked surprised by that. I don't think he even knew that that was there. Yeah, because he wasn't he picking like part of his skin. Yeah, he's like he's like yeah. it's like what the. I was waiting for him to peel it all back, and then I realized that it wasn't a rated R Terminator. Film. It's an eight <laughs> o'clock show. It's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I think maybe we might see some more doodads. You know, attachments on his arms or his legs, or um, you know, maybe he'll just show up one day and you know have the plate covering part of his head instead of the head. Yeah, you know, I think part of it too is. They don't have the budget and probably the rating to show it actually peel away. And I think maybe, you know, based on the audience this is geared towards, if they if he suddenly showed up with three quarters of his head covered in a metal plate, like people may not make quite make that connection. Um, so maybe like you're saying, John, if they kind of gradually show it, then it won't be you know as, as big of a shock. But the only thing that that I, f- I find really kind of clunky is just the like the chest plate thing and the the back. It just it just seems a little cheesy to me. Looks like catcher's equipment. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hockey goalie's uh, chest protector or something. But like plastic, not even. Yeah. It almost would have been better, I think, if they would have just polycarbonate. Yeah. It's high tech materials. Come on. Yeah. It just it just looks I, it just looks cheap. I don't know how long they're gonna stick with, you know, the death lock. I don't know if it'll be like a season one thing. Or if it'll continue on past that. But I, I could see there being an explosion. Like the last episode we see Deathlock. He comes out of a fire in like full Deathlock mode. You know like it melted off or burnt off in a fire or whatever. And then they kill him and then we'll never see him again. You know what I mean? Like I could see them saving it for like the end shot if they can't do it every week. Yeah. guess it depends what they have in store i i think it'd be interesting if they could kind of cure him of you know whoever's controlling him and I, i'm assuming this clairvoyant thing is going to come to a head at some point and you know they get past that and then maybe he could he i i think it'd be interesting if he became like a permanent member of the team but you know we'll see how that goes what did you guys think of the kind of the wild goose chase they went on where sky was you know looking at patterns and trying to pair people up and you know group them up and gave the only thing there's a couple things clunky about that and this is what kind of kind of took me out of it a little bit of, is, of this episode is when she said she'll give one person one member of the team the name of the person they're looking for and the other one the location um so so that the clairvoyant couldn't really figure out what was going on but when they got to the location, they a they both knew it right then and there, and then they immediately told told the other one who it was. I think I think it was more uh, at that point. That's the point of return. Like it was, it was when you were they were within a certain radius of the target. That's when the name would be revealed. So at that point, you both need to know. Now you both have all the information. Until then, now now yeah, why you need to split it up and why they couldn't just tell the same person the same information at that point? I don't know, but. Uh, if you were se- if they were separated or something, I, I, there's lots of reasons that I could probably go into to figure out a way to, to explain it away. But in the end, 
it gives them up until it's almost too late to have that information. Um, yeah, I guess they couldn't to act on the Cleveland couldn't act on it quick enough. Right, he wouldn't be a step ahead at that point, even if he found out at that point that they revealed it. It just means they all know at the same time. Yeah, right. No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I guess that that makes sense. The only thing that was weird is the, like when they each went to their respective locations. It was like abandoned. Like they went into that prison, and there was like nobody there. It it just seemed it just seemed weird. It's like okay, if if nobody really knew they were coming, why would they be in this prison and there be nobody there? It there. So that was a little odd. Um, it, it just it just seemed like like something was missing. I, I don't know. I couldn't explain it, but that that part of it just seemed kind of off to me. Yeah. Um, let me think that through. Assuming it's a shield operative who is the the insider, not necessarily the clairvoyant, but is involved. None of the none of them knew where the the other coordinates were. Like only the person with the coordinates knew. So like the other teams didn't know what the other teams were doing, right? Right. But oh no no, but Hand knew where everybody was going because she was controlling quarterbacking it all from the hub. Did she? I thought they made a point of saying nobody but the team members would know where they were going. Or maybe maybe she was just there to coordinate. Once everything came out in the open, she'd be able to coordinate the response. Because that was what when someone's got to be able to pull your ass out of the fire. Right. All right. So it it just seemed weird. Like you know, the two guards were like leaving as as they as they walked in, and it was just there was nothing there. It just seemed clunky. Like when Warden and uh, Triplet walked in. There was just like nobody minding the store, and it was just like, wait, this is a prison. Why is there no? It just, it just. Well, they were they were they were working from a list of thirteen, so you know, maybe they prepped all thirteen. Could be. I mean, it's possible. It just yeah. it that to me just seemed a little weird. I I I I get it. I get it. I I, I don't have a good good explanation other otherwise. I, I I think I could. I'm okay with it. I don't. I don't think I have a problem with it per se. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. In fact, I don't think I even thought about it until right now. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick up on it. I didn't or notice it. I guess. Hmm. But I like the the bit with so when May, when May and Blake show up and and they encounter the they encounter Deathlock. I thought that was cool that the way that Coulson kind of put it together, you know, after the fact, you know, of course, you know, Peterson stomp, Deathlock stomps him. And at first I thought he was dead. Like, I thought he just flat out killed him. Yeah. And I, and I was like, that's a shame. I like Titus Welmer. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody dies in Disney. No. <laughs> um, but I thought that was cool how Coulson put it together. He's like, wait a minute. You know, the, the, you know, the, these hold six rounds. This one only had five. This one has... You know, one left, and this one only has one missing, and they kind of put it together. It was a trace around, and yeah, and I didn't pick up that he changed magazines the first time through, but he very clearly did when I watched it the second time. Well, yeah, I thought he was just out at that point. He was just reloading. Yeah, it was funny because I was watching it. I was like, "Wow, he didn't shoot that many bullets, and he's swapping his magazine. That's unheard of." <laughs> <laughs> you know, normally it's like thirty shots in a, like in a twelve in a yeah, 12 fifteen magazine. at least, but yeah. yeah. And it turns out he wasn't empty after all. But, but yeah, I thought that was really cool how they were able to, to kind of track him together. Um, and it's funny, in the opening credits, they had a, a you know, Brad Dorif, his name came across. And I'm like, 
okay, I wonder what weirdo he's going to play. And uh, yeah. So then when they finally when they finally track him down and they and they have that you know figure that you see from the back and then they cur- curl around the front, I was like, of course it's Brad Dorif. I should have known that from the beginning. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> Funny how you can, um, I, I guess I sort of took it for granted that that was the clairvoyant when the scene was happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then oh, when, yeah, they, yep. when they sort of, you know, when they suggest it afterwards, then you look at the scene differently. Like, you know, the faces he was making while they were saying things to him or, or while the computer was talking, you no, know, but- you could totally take them as, like, surprise and, uh, yeah. You know, fear rather than creepiness and whatever you were thinking the first time through. And I took it as, I mean, the way it all played out was that he's like legitimately psychic, but not like, um, like not omniscient. Like he doesn't know everything that's going on, but I think being in physical proximity to everybody in there, he was picking things up and, and realizing that they're all, they're all kind of being manipulated. So it kind of, it kind of added to that fact of, yeah, that it makes it kind of makes sense that this would be the clairvoyant, that it would be somebody that was almost like catatonic or, uh, you know, something like that. You know, I, I tell you, I really like the idea though that, um, how close to that he was just a prop. Yeah, and that there really was somebody behind a keyboard somewhere else just typing all that, and that guy was just there for no other reason other than to play his part, right, and die. But I really like that idea, not just because, like you said, it's a, it's a nice neat bow. It's 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 over. But I like better because there's there's just more to it that, you know, he's they're playing up the whole clairvoyant angle, the psychic angle, and really it's just someone with a lot of information. Right. Now, what did you guys think? I know John, we kind of talked about this a little bit offline, but the whole Ward shooting, um, shooting the clairvoyant, and just kind of how that that played out. You know, I just don't think they're getting – I think – let me let me start over. I think the point they're trying to get across is that Ward has the rage from uh, the Asgardian armor from earlier in the season. Um, but they're not – they're not hitting that point home. Like, somebody with that sort of extra rage in them wouldn't, like, calmly and collectedly – if that's even a word, put one bullet in a guy's chest. You know, you know what I mean? Like he yeah. would have freaked out and like choked him out or put like seven rounds in him. You know, I don't know. And I think that maybe they insinuated after I forget who was having the conversation. I guess it, maybe it was the um, maybe it was Garrett that said he's different. You know, maybe he was talking to uh, to Coulson when he said that, yeah. you know, go easy on the go kid or kid. right before that. Right, yeah. right. So, st- like, I think that's what they're getting at, that he's acting so differently. But I don't know that they're driving it home. Like, I I don't know. I thought it, it could have went down differently if you really wanted to show that he had this rage in him. Yeah, I didn't take it the rage at all. In fact, I think of this whole season, that is probably the sing- the single disappointment I have is that they have not done anything with the whole idea of the Berserker Rage. It's uh, been nothing but a a story point in like one or two other episodes since then. Now, I thought this was foreshadowed with Tripp's conversation with him when he got them all tweaked up about, you know, killing the clairvoyants. And uh but in the end it's it's they're they're playing home this whole potential 
Ward Sky romance thing, which I'm frankly not a fan of. But I think that's where they're going. I think that's that's what it came to. I it, it was it it came out of that completely. Nothing more than that. Yeah, that that to me, I I don't want to. I think maybe after we're done with the episode and we talk about a little feedback, we'll kind of get into the whole sky thing. But I, I just, I just don't see that. Like if that if that's where they end up going with the show, I, I think that's going to be a real problem for me as and how I enjoy this show because I really, I don't see it. I don't see the chemistry between the two of them. I don't see that as being necessary to the story. Like like way too cliched. Um, I just I, I just don't get it at all. And and like you're saying, John, I think I think they could have done his reaction a much better uh, played that up much better if they would have played up the whole rage angle. You know, if if he would have even if they would have just gone a couple quick cuts to him and show him like breathing heavy or like clenching his fists or getting agitated or or like you said, either, you know, picking him up and throwing him across the room and then putting seven bullets in his head or something like that. It would have, I think, it would have explained it better. And the way they, the way it played out, to me, it just felt like it was just clunky. It was almost like, well, we have to have this happen, so we're just gonna do it. You know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna worry about explaining it. And again, I don't think we need to have everything drawn out and explained to us, but it, it just didn't feel natural. And I guess that's that's what I'm, uh, the point I'm trying to to make. Yeah, he's he's been a character that. You know, I've heard different views on Sky. I've heard different views on Melinda May. I don't think I've heard anyone say they enjoy Ward. Yeah. Um, you know, his character is just it's missing the mark. I don't I don't love Ward. I I like the place his role plays, but I yeah, I'm I'm wooden. He's, what I'm I neutral. I'm neutral on him. Yeah. It's it's he's he's the muscle. I hope he improves, but yeah, he's he's just kind of there for me. Yeah, it's almost like May is too similar to him. Like, is he the muscle? Yeah, May kicks more ass. Yeah, <laughs> like, is yeah. is he the ang- angry straight laced one? Because May's pretty angry and straight laced. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I agree, and I think. That that's kind of a double edged sword because I think it's a detriment because they're two similar characters, uh, you know, lone wolves. They're you know kind of gruff. They you know they like to kick things, um, but it's what made when they started kind of hooking up together. It's what made it palatable for me because I felt like they're kind of kindred spirits. They could compartmentalize and you know make that work. And it and it kind of it didn't bother me at all. Um, but like I said, again, it just kind of makes it seem like you got two of the same characters on the show. Yeah. I mean, May is much more interesting with her, you know, new role of possible mole slash informant. Right. You know, it makes it much more interesting. Ward needs something like that, you know, like like we said, go with the Berserker Rage thing. Do Do something. Right. So then we kind of get the big, I guess what the big reveal of the whole season to this point is, is, is when they figure out that it's not that the clairvoyant is psychic, it's that the clairvoyant just has access to information and, you know, has access to everything going on, uh, you, you know, that, that you don't need to be psychic if you have all the data at your disposal and know what everybody's doing at all times. 
Um, and as they were kind of going through all that, I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense, especially when it comes to Coulson. I was like, duh, the reason they don't know why what happened to Coulson is because Fury kept it off the books. He wouldn't let anybody have access to it. It was only him that kind of knew about it. So it wasn't documented anywhere, you, you know, that, that was accessible. Um, and it, it all started falling into place. And I was like, that's genius, because the whole time people have been debating about psychics and, and they, they keep making the point where Coulson, you know, they don't believe in psychics like they just, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't believe in psychics either, that there, there's some sort of explanation. Um, and so going the tech angle, I thought was 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 awesome. And the fact that Fitz at the same time was kind of seeing that hard line that was wired in that he didn't know about and kind of backtracing it and that whole that whole thing going on at the same time. I thought was was pretty well done. Yeah, they're certainly uh, keeping everything in line in the Marvel movie universe. That you know, there isn't magic. There's science, different right. levels of science. But and I'm actually kind of pleased. I'm not going to talk about it in detail, but the the one theater we had in one of our spoiler section, uh, sections is pretty much off the table now for me, and I'm kind of glad for that because I wasn't really crazy about the idea, but it made sense too. Yep. But again, so we kind of get to the point. They kind of jump to a conclusion, and they think it's Ward that is the is the mole at this point because he has access to you know what everything what everybody's doing. He's a high level agent. He killed you know quote you know he killed their you know the person that they thought was behind it to kind of wrap things up in a tidy bow and. I actually, as as the episode went on, I I don't think Ward is the mole, but I think it would have been really interesting <laughs> if he would have been the mole. I think that would have finally given him a, a you know a character trait, whether it it be from that point forward, if he was you know turned out to be the the villain and and kind of flipped it around and became a nuisance for them moving forward. I, I think that might have been more interesting uh, than than having you know just the suspicion of him. Now who's getting cliched? Yeah, true. Yeah, I, yeah, touche. No, I don't think anybody on this core team is going to end up being the mole. I think, I think, uh, what we talked about with May um, doing things in Coulson's best interest. I think that still holds for me. I didn't see anything. Yes, it looks bad for her from Coulson's point of view as he's discovering all this, and that's what we were you know, meant to see. But I, I, if if we as the audience were meant to believe she was the mole, I don't, I, I don't buy that. And well, let me. Maybe we could talk about this for a minute because not that I got confused, but I just, I don't know. I'm trying to run through this in my head. So we know that May was calling Fury. Correct. We know no. May was calling somebody. We have no idea who she was calling. Right. She doesn't say. She doesn't mention Director no. Fury when she makes the call. No. Nope. No. This All is right. No I'm hearing. I'm creating things in my head. All right. We yeah we we thought it was Fury. We didn't know who it was. We thought maybe it was, um, but no, we don't know who she's talking to. Very good. For some reason, I was interjecting Director Fury into that conversation. Okay. And it could well be. I mean, it. I think. I don't think we've seen anything that completely disproves that. But but there, it's not been definitive that that's what she's doing. But do, let me ask you this then, <laughs> and it's right in the before the it was like previously on Shield right in the beginning. But I I don't know. Uh, she identifies herself, right? Yes, Agent yes. Melinda May. Yes. Okay, so maybe that's what made me think she was like on a Shield line or something. Oh, I think she was. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think she's reporting to somebody in Shield. 
Right. I think but we're... We, right. I, Coulson believes she's talking to, the, I'll just say, the clairvoyance. Right. You know, whatever right. we're going to call this person now. Um, I really don't know if the writers intended the audience to believe that or not. If we were, then they did a poor job in my point of view because I don't, buy, I don't buy it. I still believe she's doing things in Coulson's interest. And I think... I don't think they did intend us for us to think that because I think her reaction, or at least you know, may, you know, Migna sold it to me that she was just as surprised when she realized the path Coulson was going down. Yeah, I think the fact that the big, you know, the big line was he knows, you know, that made me think that it was Shield or Fury that she was talking to because right. they are the ones that would care. Well, it, it, she could be could have been saying he knows. Now we need to find out what it is he knows. Yeah. And we, we don't know really what that meant. We interpreted a lot out of that. We definitely assumed a lot. Right. But it did a really... I, the, the other thing, I'll, I'll kind of nitpick a little bit here, but I get it because it helped add to the tension. So it worked from that perspective. Is when, when May... Well, two things. One, when May comes in the closet and sees um, Fitz... And he's he's obviously up to something and nervous about something. And she doesn't clue into the fact that he found the phone. I thought that was uh, like she she kind of bought his cockamamie excuse as to what was going on, and then kind of started to follow him. And I thought that was a, a you know she, she's smarter than that, and I think she would have known he was up to something. Um, but but then going after him when she chases him, she grabs the gun. And she, when she started shooting at him at first, I was like, holy crap, she really, you know, wh what's going on here? Um, and then when she tells Colson it was the icer, but I was like, wait a minute, that's like really thick plate glass, you know, seal in, you know, pollutants and everything else. And this icer put a hole through it. And I was like, wait a minute, this icer, we've seen this work. It doesn't, it's not like a, a you know, it's, it's almost like a stun gun. So I just it just seemed like weird. It's it sounded like a gun. It 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 acted like a gun, but then she said no, it was an icer. Um that that just it it seemed a little weird to me, but but again, I get it because it was trying to amp up the tension that we didn't know is she trying to shoot and kill Fitz because right. he's onto her or what's going on. Um but I thought that was I mean Clark Gregg just did an outstanding job. Again, I, as much as Ming-Na did a really good job selling the fact that you know she was surprised and and she's trying to explain herself, I think Clark Gregg did an awesome job when he just started you know pointed the gun at her and just started you know just yelling at her that he didn't trust her and the same thing with Ward, um, and then it was cool when when Fitz kind of came up when they they kind of had her you know cornered as to what was going on and we kind of all you know it just like it was just mass chaos you know they've got may doing something squirrely they saw ward do something squirrely so they don't trust him and then all of a sudden the ship you know takes this drastic turn and starts going you know going off their course i did like that fitz went right and told everybody yes you know, like he could have, I don't know, I felt like I was afraid they were going to string it out a bit, like he was going to not tell, I don't know, like wonder what was going on and kind of keep it a secret before he made a decision, you know, something like that. But he was like running to tell whoever he could. Yeah. Fitz has the uh, the useful uh, 
uh, naivete, if you will. He, he, he wants to do good. You know, Sky, yeah, she's new to all this, but she's lived in the street for how long? So she doesn't trust anybody. Right. And so she's like, she knows how to play Colson's games. Fitz is like, oh no, Ming's, uh, Ming, nah. uh, Maze, Maze betrayed us. I must tell Colson. And he didn't even know the path Colson was going down yet. Right, right. And I like that we got, I'm backing up a little bit, but I like that we got more Fitzsimmons banter. I was kind of missing that. Like, we haven't really gotten a lot of that in the last few episodes. So it was kind of nice to have to have a little bit of that back. And I still wonder what they're doing. You know, clearly they're making a point now that Triplet will be attempting to start something relationship-wise with, uh, with Simmons. You know, how's that going to affect Fitz? Is it going to be... You know, I, I know they're considered brother and sister more, but I think it's still going to bother him. I think it's still going to be like an issue on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, if that's the way it goes, so... Like the Willow-Xander thing, you know, they, they you know, from for, to, to kind of throw a Buffy analogy out there, you know, they kind of had that relationship for a long time, and then things, you know, you know kind of heated up and cooled back down between them, but, um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting they're I, I say threatening us rather than teasing us they're threatening us with several uh love interest possibilities yeah 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 the triplet one i guess in simmons doesn't really bother me that much because he's kind of like a field agent so he could kind of come and go and, it, and i don't think it would drag the show down like i don't think that would be an ongoing thing um you know whereas the worst ward sky thing is i think a, a, a bigger <laughs> bigger issue um I bet there are stupid uh, shipper names for these people. Oh, stop. Don't. Just stop now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I bet there are. <laughs> I, I'm sure there are, but I don't want <laughs> No. <laughs> if, there's, if there's any new fangled teen tween term that I can't stand, it's, just, it's that one. <laughs> It's not really newfangled at this point. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. We've spent way too much time on it already. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Sky and Ward sword. S words. Oh, God. So when the ship, when the ship took its, its <laughs> abrupt turn, changing gears... Um, and they were wondering. Speaking of ships, speaking of ships, and they were wondering what was going on, and then they cut to to Victoria Hand, and at first I was like, "Of course, she's she's the clairvoyant. <laughs> that makes perfect sense." Um, you know, knowing what we know of Victoria Hand from the comics, we've I, we've had this yep. spoiler discussion. I was like, "Duh," um, at at first, and then the more I thought about it, and then when they showed the little teaser for the next episode, I'm like. Yeah, I'm not so convinced that that's what's going on. So I I think it they did a really if nothing else, if if people had issues with this episode, I think one thing it did really really well is setting up the fact that there is chaos and turmoil and nobody knows what the hell's going on. Like everybody is distrusting of everybody and nobody knows what to believe or what to do. And it looks like it's all coming to a head you know next week that I I think we're going to get some sort of resolution next week um, to, to this immediate, you know, situation of, you know, who's on whose side and who's doing what. If I think it did anything well, it sold tickets to Captain America, because from what I understand, you don't want to watch the next episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. until you've seen Captain America. Yeah, 
Yeah. Although, although there were several cues, and I don't know how much we talked about this if we did online on the show or not, um, but there's definitely many cues in here. Um, not even talking about the the end tag that um, tie this episode completely overlapping uh, with with uh, Winter Soldier. So I couldn't tell. Let me ask you guys this: So when they started, so they they you know did the shield will return in a moment thing, and they come back. Yep. And they start that. I thought that they were going to try and integrate the tag into the show, and then no, that that was a tag. They did. Right. Did you see the little in the shield font, Washington D.C. in the corner. N- uh, yes, yes, I did. That that clip of the movie was meant to be our tag for the show. And it's so strange because it just it it was like related but not related because I mean it, it you know they went into you know Captain America the Winter Soldier opening you know April fourth blah blah blah. Um, so it it just it was weird. I couldn't tell at first if it was like okay, was that the tag or was that an extended look at Captain America: The Winter Soldier? And then they're going to do yes. the tag. And then no, the answer is the answer is yes. It was both. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Bold move. Based on the ratings, I don't think anyone that was not going to see Cap was swayed by that promo <laughs> to go see Cap. They would do better to do it the other way around. And integrate yeah. Agents of Shield <laughs> into Captain America: and The Winter Soldier. Let's hope they gain a fraction of the people that go see Winter Soldier. Yes. We we talked about this last week. Uh, Ken and I did, John. That if they were smart, they would put like some sort of trailer attached to the beginning of Captain America: The Winter Soldier for Marvel's Agents of Shield. Right. Yeah. If they were smart, they would have the actual Winter Soldier come on the show <laughs> and shoot Sky, or, or somebody to that. I didn't Stop. mean it to be. It wasn't a negative Sky comment, just like a major, you know, character or something. That would be a freaking tie-in. <laughs> I don't hate Sky anymore. I don't think I ever hated her. I, I had a strong dislike at one point. But uh, I don't. She doesn't bother me anymore. Ward bothers me a lot more, just because he's <laughs> he's not doing anything. He broods. He does. Yes. But Melinda broods better. Yes. No, no. She's maintaining her cover. We shall see. So we get at least a nice run of uh, four in a row. Yeah. Does that sound right? No, no, no. Six. This should bring oh. us to the end, won't it? Yeah. This bring us to the end? Yeah, this was. This episode was seven from the end, so this was 15, I guess. 16. Yes, 16. So this was episode 16, so th- that gives us, including this episode, this gives us a run of seven to the end. No more breaks. Yeah, it'll be good. I mean, I don't. It- <laughs> I don't so much dislike the breaks. I mean, life is busy enough as it is to try to make sure you're in front of a TV at a certain time every week. But uh, I think it kills. I, I, do, I do think it hurts the ratings and the and continuity of the whole thing. And in an age when most people are waiting to binge watch anyway. You know, there's there's nothing you can do about about this. I mean, you're talking about 22 weeks, 22 episodes over uh, whatever it is, six month period. There's three months worth of worth of weeks you've got to make up for. I mean, other shows have to deal with this all the time. I don't know why. I really, I don't know why S.H.I.E.L.D. is getting this much grief over taking 
you know, time off. Other I, than people are actually enjoying it and are missing it, which is a good thing. Yeah. I think if if we looked at it, and I, I could be wrong because I have not done any research in this area. I would say it took more breaks than the average show. I doubt it. I mean, Supernatural is off last week and now this 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 week and next week it's off. And I don't know how many other times it's going to be off again because, again... Uh, I the, the, when this happened during the the month long break over Christmas to January, I, I did I did the math and I, whatever it is from September to May, there are twelve weeks open, three months worth of Tuesdays that are going to be open if you have a twenty two episode season. Every single show has to deal with this. Every single one, even NCIS, even Arrow, has to deal with this. You know, so I, I really don't know why Shield is getting this much grief over it, other than the fact that people actually do miss it when it's gone. They want more, which is a good thing. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, I guess for me, it seems like I almost wish they would take a Walking Dead like approach to it. Um, I, I think. Well, let me back up a minute. This is a show that is struggling to maintain a very solid rating. It's it's doing okay, but not great. And I think given how well people respond to the cinematic universe, and so they're kind of, you know, how many people are invested in this universe on film or, you know, TV, it should do better. And I'm, I'm just concerned that the erratic breaking is what causes people to to not to to kind of come and go um i i almost wish they would like i was saying when i started take like a breaking bad approach or not, not breaking Bad, a walking dead approach and where they do a run of episodes they take a long scheduled break and then they come back and then they do a long run so that people you know so it has a chance to kind of rebuild itself um and i, I don't know how feasible that is i mean I think it's dangerous for a new show. I think it comes down to, like you said, the, the core audience for this is the ones who enjoyed the movies. And from the very beginning, this show suffered from not meeting people's expectations because they, they thought they were going to get a Marvel movie every week, which that was just unrealistic. And I, I thoroughly enjoy what we get every week because, frankly, I'm letting them tell me the story and I'm enjoying the story I'm being told. I'm not applying my expectations to... To, the, to their vision, and I think that's a big, a big part of it. Sure. Is sure. simply expectations uh, and, and unrealistic the bottom, ones. The bottom line is expectations are none. The show is better now than when it started. The show has always been good. I really believe that. I truly have enjoyed it because, especially when you look at what their, what their plan was, it was, you know, meet the team, get them strong, then break them apart, bring in the extra characters, and that's what they're doing now. We're at that phase. We're at the phase. Everybody said from the beginning, says, let the show grow into its own, and, you, and I promise you it'll pay off. We're at the payoff now. Right, but I didn't say the show was bad and now it's good. I said the show has improved from the start. That's fair. All right. So hopefully, you know, and I don't know, maybe you lost some people in the beginning, then you take a few weeks off. You know, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird that it goes up and down to me. It's weird that it hasn't taken a straight trend lower or a straight trend upward. It's weird that it bounces up and down. Can't put my finger on why, but I guess I don't have to. I, and I think, too, a lot of it is based on the audience that likes these things, likes this type of show, 
we're more keen to binge watching and to just saying, I'll get it when it comes out, you know, on yep. Blu-ray. I'll wait till it shows yeah. up on Netflix and get caught up before the next season or whatever. I, I have a feeling that this show is going to do I, two things. One, I'm pretty sure this is going to show up on Netflix come August or, you know, mid-August early, you know, at least four weeks before season two starts, if it gets a season two, which I'm sure it is, but it hasn't been official yet. Um, and I, I have a feeling it's going to do pretty well for Netflix. Um, and I, I put this on the email chain, and I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it here just to just for for grins. But it almost I wonder if almost you know Marvel slash Disney is at a point because of the volume of content they have on Netflix, the deal they have with Netflix. Um, you know, that Disney has where all new movies starting in 2015 are going to go to Netflix before they go to HBO, Showtime, Epics, you know, Cinemax, what, whatever. They're going to come to Netflix first. Um, there's a ton of Marvel-related content, whether it be the movies, you know, the Avengers is, is on there, Captain America's on there, Thor's on there. Um, we have almost every cartoon Marvel's put out there. Um, and, and now, you know, we're coming towards the end of, of S.H.I.E.L.D., I almost wonder if if they couldn't strike some kind of branded deal with Netflix to create a Marvel channel or something like that that just kind of showcases this content and and give it a higher exposure and maybe if the show's kind of on the bubble, you know, Netflix is willing to spend some cash if they could be the exclusive home of this show to maybe, you know, spend a little money on it um you know, kind of like what Amazon is doing with with CBS for a couple shows. And you know some of the other networks are are trying to to partner these deals to help defray some of the costs. So then the ratings aren't as important as as they are. Maybe. Just a thought. As long as we don't have a Netflix product placement where you have Captain America sitting in front of a tablet or his TV watching Band of Brothers on Netflix. As long as we don't have that happen, I'll be in good shape. <laughs> true so i guess we could talk about the ratings a little bit this like we've kind of alluded to this episode was down uh by by quite a bit i mean we saw where the the plus three numbers last week were up to i think 2.1 um this week it was down to 1.8 i i I haven't seen the plus three numbers they should come out tomorrow um but 1.8 is pretty low i mean it, it it i think it matches this the season low um, which is odd because it was, you know, again, I, I, th- I think it was a much stronger episodes than, than episodes in the past that rated higher. Uh, so I'll be curious if maybe positive word of mouth gets out. I wonder if, if, you know, Captain America gives it a little bit of bounce for next week. Um, I- I'll be curious to see, uh, what next week's numbers are and moving forward, if it maybe finishes a little stronger than it, than it did in the middle. But, uh, numbers last week weren't, uh, weren't so great. You know, it's funny. We were—I uh, sent you this on fa- on Facebook. Um, ABC and a few other uh, networks got in a thing a few months back when they changed their uh, their online viewing policy, where it's like for the first week after a show airs, you have to log in with your like you know, cable provider account or some other authentication to be able to watch a show, and then after a week, the show becomes available for everybody to watch. This week, the next day on Wednesday, ABC put this episode of Shield up to watch, quote unquote, without authentication. Um, you know, on one hand, you can say they just want people to see the show or they want people to get ready for Captain America. 
Or as I put it, they're trying to help bump up their plus three numbers. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't doubt that a bit. I mean, one of the things that Feige has come out and said, I know they've all come out and said that the plus seven numbers are really, really strong. Um, Jeff Loeb has said that. But unfortunately, advertisers don't really give two you know, rats behind about plus seven numbers, um, which which is silly. But anyway, that's where the whole rating thing falls down for me. You know, the advertisers still based on ratings in general. Yeah. Yet we, the viewing public, we we will do anything possible to watch our shows with the minimal commercials as possible. So it's a, it's a losing battle between the two. And now Dish is to deal with their hopper that they actually going to block you from skipping commercials or something. I saw. You know, but but I mean, yeah, I'll I'll sit and I I have no problem watching it on Hulu because the commercials, frankly, are minimal, and uh, I'd rather sit there and sit through two commercials than have to have to skip through my my DVR version from 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 on air. Right. But it's 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 that's been going on for for years now, and there's no end in sight. This battle between the uh, I mean, that's just the model. That's how the shows get made. Without the advertising, without the commercials, the shows just don't get made. So there's there's that is acknowledge that. But at the same time, we the viewing public. Don't want to watch the commercials. We just want to watch our shows. And now you throw in Netflix and House of Cards and shows like that, where you're like, okay, here's the whole season. Go at it. Yeah. No commercials. I, I, it, it's like clearly it can be done. I'll temper that with saying it's not that people don't want to watch commercials. People don't want to watch crappy commercials that they have no interest in. I'm, and maybe I'm just unique. I'm perfectly fine if they could target me commercials that appeal to what I'm interested in. You know, if you want to show me a bunch of movie trailers as commercials, if you want to show me, you know, PlayStation and Xbox commercials for, you know, new games or something where I could see footage and things like that. I- yeah, but how are you, how, without that, how will you find out the best um, supplement or medication to help with your ED? Ah, <sighs> I don't know. I watch, I watch Major League Baseball or National League Football for that, my friend. <laughs> what if you need a pill for when the time is right, but you're not ready? <laughs> And I'm in a bathtub, uh, <laughs> staring at the sunset. You know when you're painting a chair on the back porch and your wife comes over and puts her hand on your shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and you're 70? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I guess anything more you guys have to say about ratings or nah, TV? I'm good. We got a little bit of feedback. Um I'll I'll read into it. Uh, not all of it, because uh, uh, myself and uh, Patrick kind of got into this big long exchange <laughs> back and forth about uh, ab- about things, and it was all it was great. I mean, I really I really appreciate you know somebody going out and you know putting that much thought into a thread on uh, you know on our Facebook thread. So I thought that was awesome. But but it was yeah, I think lengthy. that's that's awesome. And Jerry, before you go into it, I think it's just awesome. One that they're doing it on our thread, but two that you care enough about the show to want to make it better that you want to put that much thought into it. That's that's awesome that the show gets that attention. Yeah, you know, and, e- even even if I'm over the sky hate. Yeah, I was just gonna say even if I have a, a completely dissenting opinion, but I'm I'm okay with hearing another point of view, and it doesn't make me angry or make me want to choke somebody or anything like that. Flip the table and. Um, so I'll just I'll just go through a couple here. Uh, Deb said it was great. I can hardly wait for next Tuesday. So I think that 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 definitely is a thinking of a lot of folks. Uh, Adam said I thought it was a good episode. I will give it I will give a four out of five. So high, pretty high praise. 
Um, our buddy and podcasting brother, Daryl Taylor, said it was good to see them act more like a S.H.I.E.L.D. team as opposed to being just misfits working together. I still enjoying seeing the other comic characters brought to life. It's always a better show for me when they have guest stars on. Still not a Sky fan, no matter how many times they try to tell the audience how great she is for S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, it's still uh, it's still more tell than show. Overall, it's getting better, but still has a ways to go to be at least a B-. Uh, still not a fan of Grant Ward character. Uh, he's still very bland, which I, th- I think we... We all kind of agreed. Um, and just, just to kind of sum up a little bit of what Patrick says, um, it, it had a lot to do with just Sky and how she's a focused character um, and that he just really just doesn't doesn't care. Um, and, you know, he kind of says maybe it's not so much the character and it's possible that it's her. Um, and we, we kind of went back and forth on, on that, uh, on, on a couple of his points, and... I, I and again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but um, I, I, if you look back at Buffy and Angel in season one, they were not good shows. I mean, there was a lot of clunky dialogue. Um, as gorgeous as Charisma Carpenter is, uh, every time she was on screen as her character in Buffy season one, it was like nails on a chalkboard to me. I just it like could not stand it. Um, she was just so annoying. It was that typical. Um, cliched high school cheerleader chick that you know valley girl hates everybody she's so cool but she's still hanging around with these kind of geeky kids um and she completely turned it around i mean especially when she made the move over to angel uh so i i guess i just keep preaching give it time folks calm down a little bit it's okay um i think when if this if this gets sh- better it, yeah it gets better i think if the show is given you know, a second, third, and fourth season. I think we're going to look back on season one and be like, "Yeah, there was some good stuff in there." But wow, this where the show is now, as opposed to where it was, is uh, a com- is completely different. Um, and I think they're going to key into what is good. They're going to they're going to key into what is bad. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to they're going to change things. Um, and I think they're going to get bold. I mean, you know, one of the things that Whedon and his crew does throughout the course of any of their shows is they make bold choices on stuff as far as like which characters live, which characters die, you know, which characters start betraying other characters, all that kind of stuff. And I don't expect this show to be any different. I agree. Daryl doesn't even like Muppets. N- but neither do I. What? what? So We've had this conversation. Daryl. Daryl is is he's tough on uh, he's a tough critic. Daryl, yes, he is. But we love him. Just to go back to Daryl for a second. Um, Daryl's cool. I like Daryl. Yes, but Patrick, I really appreciate your you know the your uh, all all that you've written on the thread. Keep it up, and we'll continue to uh, fight back and forth with each other <laughs> um, <laughs> o- over the show. But no, I love it. I I, I do. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. That's. Uh, that that's all we got. I'm right in line with that rating that we got from uh, from that one listener. I'm a, I'm about a four. I think it was, I think it was good. I you know I left the episode saying that's as good as a Agents of Shield episode I've seen this season. Um, you know, thinking back, maybe I liked the last one with um, Sif, with Sif a little bit better. Yeah, maybe just a little bit, but uh, but right up there with some of the best. I like the the episodes that move the the bigger story. I don't think this one did that really. I think this set a lot of stuff up. I think there's a lot more to to be revealed, obviously. 
Um, that said, I really enjoyed it. What it was, I'm not always going to react to say, okay, just because there was a lot of action, I, re I really liked it. Um, it has to mean something to the to the bigger picture, and that's what I really liked about this one was the tie-ins to Captain America. That's the one thing I always loved about the show, uh, and the, from the concept from the beginning is how it ties into the the bigger MCU, and uh, this this episode was no exception to that. But um, I, I'm looking for the the bigger reveal. I'm looking to say, okay, now that we have an idea that maybe it's somebody from Shield, I'm looking forward to see who it is. Um, but solid episode. I'm going with a four point one. Nice. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, again. I think the only reason I kind of knock it off from like a four and a half is, uh, you know, a few of the clunky things I me I've mentioned before. But I like where it's going. I like I like the chaos that they've set up, uh, and I'm I'm really curious to see see where we go for the next six episodes. So we want to do a little spoilery stuff. Sure, sure. All right. So if you don't want to have any information on. Uh, Anything related to Captain America: The Winter Soldier, or any of the, um, you know, connecting characters that we've at times uh, alluded to. Now is your chance to uh, bid us goodbye, and we will be back next week to to record another episode. Um, and I'll just real quick for the, for that give us contact information. If you want to send us an email, you could do that at shieldpodcast at hhwlod.com, um, or send us a voicemail at nine seven two seven nine eight thirty eight thirty. Or do like uh, folks did today and go to uh, facebook.com slash shield TV podcast uh, and feel free to you know write whatever you want. I'm trying after every episode to put a thread up uh, so people can can write in their feedback as as well. So we're happy Captain America the Winter Soldier Eve boys. Woohoo! Um. So I think the clearest connection we've got to really any Marvel movie at this point, I mean, you know, the Thor stuff has been pretty ancillary, but I think when Sitwell says he has a boat to catch and he takes off, I'm pretty sure we're at the point of that's how he ends up at the boat at the beginning of Captain America when they kind of do oh, yeah. do that rec rescue scene. We know we know Sitwell is in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. We know Max Hernandez is, is playing that character. Um, and I thought it was cool to give us a little wink and a nod to how he gets out of the current episode, but also keeps him involved in the show, um, but doesn't really give anything away. So I thought that was very subtle and very well done. So not only that, but the whole thing with the putting Simmons at the hub and hijacking the bus and how it's going to the hub, that that, that whole thing was a very very obvious way to say, okay, here's all these agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and here's why they're nowhere near Washington and why they're nowhere near the events of the Winter Soldier, because right. they're tied up over here. Well, it was cool because, uh, that's that's what I was going to mention, I, 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 I think it was Simmons who said, um, Agent Sitwell, you're wanted at the at the Triskelion, because they actually said Triskelion. Oh, a couple times. Yeah. yeah. So, again, you know, the first time we heard the word Triskelion was on... Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we know from The Winter Soldier that it features pretty prominently in that show. So, uh, you know, again, I think for some of the critics that say they want more Marvel Universe in their in their show, I think it's done a pretty good job of, of connecting to Captain America all season long. Agreed. I, th I think the whole thing has been building up to that, and I've said a couple of episodes now that the whole theme of uprising and, and hiding all the secrets was going to play into 
Winter Soldier. I believe that's going to be the be the whole uh, culmination of this of this whole thing. Uh, I believe the scene with uh, Garrett talking about how we're fighting for the Shield Soul and we're on the front line. I, I think next week's episode really will tie into the conflict because we already know there's a, an internal conflict with Shield between. Um, the former director, the director, the the security council. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. And uh, I, I was a little disappointed. And this is going to lead into a spo- uh, my a speculation for the show. But I, I was a little disappointed in Avengers with Maria Hill's character because of how we know Maria Hill from the comics. I'm looking forward to seeing her role in the Winter Soldier, where the side she ends up on. Because I'm thinking she's involved with S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm just not sure which side she's on. She either is the person that May is contacting. Which I'm more inclined to believe. Because I don't want to believe she's the one pulling the strings to... Behind the Clairvoyant. Hmm. Right. I'm, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking Hill is the one May is reporting to. That makes sense. And I'm getting that. I'm getting that from the first episode where she's the one who's saying Coulson must never know. Right. Right. The uh, I guess one of the things this does is kind of expand the timeline. We speculated in a couple weeks past when they kept saying uh, Director Fury's not available. He's off the grid. Um, and then the, the, the sticker they showed at the end was him saying, "You know, get me off the grid." You know, it was that whole sequence from the Winter Soldier, but. That happens later than I think where Sitwell ends up at the, at the be, you know where Sitwell ends up at the beginning of Winter Soldier that we know of, based on where he exited in this this past episode of Agents of Shield. I don't know that that Fury being off the grid at that time lines up with no. that that thing. No, I agree. I think that was something else. I think that was just him staying away from Coulson. Could be. Uh, I I think I think when Coulson rattled enough cages, he came back or whatever. He when he's back, it's just 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 uh, Triskelion. And when I say he's at the Triskelion, that's when he's meeting with Robert Redford in those in the trailer scenes and that. Sure. Um, when Sitwell said, "I gotta catch a boat," and by the time we get to the 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 stinger with a chase in Washington, days have gone by on this television show. Right. Um. So. I fully expect the Winter Soldier is maybe at most a week's worth of time, if that. I mean, the Avengers was a day and a half, if that. Right, right. Um. So, so, so I, I really think we saw pretty clearly. Okay, yes, Sitwell left here. They do their mission. A couple of days later, boom, the chase in, uh, uh in Washington. Uh, I think we can probably kind of line that up. If we watch the Winter Soldier, we can probably actually piece that together and see it all fit. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I know. Are you planning? When are you? Are you I, I take it you you're definitely planning to see it this weekend. My intention is to see it tomorrow. I'm actually going away for the weekend uh, with the boy, but I'm going to work for a little bit tomorrow morning and take the afternoon off to go see it. Cool. I know John had to duck out uh, a little early tonight, but he's I I'm pretty sure planning to see it tomorrow morning. Uh, I. Uh, my wife is actually a pretty big fan of the Captain America movie, the first one in, in the Avengers. She loves Chris Evans. Um, go figure. Um, so I think we're planning on seeing it Saturday. 
Uh, I know Jim, our fellow podcaster, Jim has already seen it. He was able to get a sneak screening and is it's just you know over the moon with it, gushing, yeah, gushing, gushing, probably bursting because he can't talk about it. I know, yeah. Um, we do another podcast called Real Heroes, and we will probably be recording that as you listen to this before uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier premieres, or or strictly or right after it premieres. Uh, probably be recording that on next Monday or Tuesday, uh, and give our thoughts on on the movie and what we thought, and you know where we think things are headed and all that good stuff. So if you're liking what we're doing here on Agents of Shield, um, head on over to hhwled.com and keep an eye out for um, the Real Heroes episode we'll do on Captain America. I'll I'll put a post in the uh, in, in the Shield uh, podcast, uh, Shield TV podcast thread when that comes out too. Because uh, I think it'll be very relevant to um, to what's going on. Based on what I'm hearing, not spoiling anything, because I haven't heard anything at all, um, there are drastic repercussions for this show based on what happens in that movie. So I think our discussion will, will intertwine with this show quite a bit. And I'm sure next week, when we discuss the next episode, we'll probably have a segment of the show dedicated towards yeah. um, towards the movie, probably in, in the same spoiler section. I, I don't think you we, we can do it any other way. Right. Um, I, I think I'm going to end up seeing this be tied in together tighter than I ever imagined. I really thought it would be more on the sidelines, but I'm excited to see how it all works out because that's the kind of stuff that really, I said earlier, gets, gets me on the show is is, is the uh, all the tie-ins between. That's just the whole project, you know, the, the, the yeah. nine movies now in the show. That's what's really engaged me is the interconnectivity between them all. Agreed. I'm, uh, a con- the, I'm a continuity junkie, though. So yeah, but no, me too. Uh, the only other tidbit I'll add in is just kind of a little refresher on what we've mentioned in the past. Uh, a little spoiler for Victoria Hand, but in the comics, she became an actual agent of what was called Hammer, which for a while Norman Osborn, who was the Green Goblin, actually um, became kind of a, a celebrity hero after the Skrulls invaded Earth. And uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. was pretty much disbanded, and he was the head of an agency called Hammer, and Victoria Hand was kind of like his right-hand woman. And uh, after Hammer was disbanded and things kind of got back to normal, Hand was actually kept on as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, uh, as, a, as a fairly prominent S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Uh, so being that she's on this show, uh, I don't know if they're going to outright... I, again, when, when, it came, when she redirected the plane and they cut back to her... And it was kind of ominous. I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they're they're going to go that way." And she's really a bad guy, and she's not a good you know a, a good guy. Um, so, you know, they may go that way. They may not. Uh, it may be they're hedging because if they can't get um, Kobe Smulders to kind of be the Maria Hill, maybe they're trying to hedge that and make her, you know, the Maria Hill equivalent, you know, of somebody they could afford to have on the show more frequently. Um, but anyway, that's just kind of food for thought to see what what happens with her. But that could add a very interesting dynamic if they go down that road. Agreed. Agreed. We'll see how that how that goes. It could be uh, could be interesting. All righty. So, anything else? Are we wrapped up? Um, I I no. I think we're good. Awesome. All right, well, Ken, great as always. Sorry that, that John had to duck out. Um, next week, there's no Walking Dead, uh, which we also do a Walking Dead TV podcast, but since that season is over, I'm hoping, and as well since since Winter Soldier comes out, I'm hoping we have Brad on and maybe the possibility that it'll be all four of us back 
uh, to do next week's episode, Turn, Turn, Turn. Um, so that'll be good. So again, for Ken, this is Russ, and for John, uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Shield TV podcast. Oh, I will uh, make an appeal if you'd be so kind as to go to iTunes and leave us a review. That would be fantastic. Um, we've kind of been on a on a crusade to gather up some more iTunes reviews. It helps get the show exposed. Um, and see what we do. Head on over to hhwlod.com for all the cool stuff that we do uh, on the network. There are tons of podcasts uh, related to comics, movies, TV shows. Uh, you name it, we've got something on the site for you. So check all that out at hhwlod.com. So until next week, uh, we will see you later. <laughs>